Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson. Thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. I want you to close your eyes and imagine. You're halfway through your shift. Department's really busy. You've had a few chest pain patients, a nausea vomiting, a seizure, nothing too crazy so far. When you overhear a call on the radio about an incoming stroke. University Hospital's Ambulance 48 coming to you ALS with a stroke alert. We have a 55-year-old female found on the floor by family. She is altered. She is positive for uh, Cincinnati Stroke Scale. Last known normal was 1430 hours, 1430 hours. Currently vital signs 200 over 110. Pulse of 88 and irregular. She is cold and clammy. Is on unknown meds for hypertension. Uh, we're approximately seven minutes out. What is your approach? The most important thing to remember about stroke, time is brain. The American Stroke Association guidelines really emphasize this, and hospitals are now judged by this whole list of time-based cutoffs that they have to hit, just like we had to do with STEMI, because time is brain. Here's what this means. If you ever have a patient that looks like a stroke and your attending doesn't know yet, you have to leave the room and get them immediately. Because from the moment that patient hit the door, a timer had started, even if nobody knew it. If you're the first one to notice it, your department is probably already way behind. And so you need to move fast and get your attending. Time is brain. Now let's get started with the approach. Step one, you need to determine the last known well. What does this mean? You need to get a very specific and be very clear with your patient about when the symptoms started. Not when the family noticed them, not like when they woke up. You need to specifically ask the last time they know that the patient was normal. This is the single most important historical question you can ask your patient. There is a four and a half hour cutoff for TPA, and this is based on when the last time the patient was definitely normal. You have to determine the last known well. Step two, you need a finger stick blood glucose. Typically, this is going to be obtained by your EMS crew if they came in by ambulance. It's in a lot of their protocols, but you never know. If the patient came in through the waiting room, it might not have been checked yet. And as we talked about back in that altered mental status episode, hypoglycemia is a huge stroke mimic. You have to check a finger stick blood glucose. Don't be that person who gives TPA to somebody with hypoglycemia. It is poor form. Check a glucose as soon as the patient arrives. Step three, you need a stat CT of that patient's head without contrast. This is your other big important test. And don't get confused here. This test is not to identify ischemic strokes. The reason we get it is to identify blood. We get it to rule out bleeding because we want to know if we can give TPA. And we can't give TPA if they have a big intracranial hemorrhage, obviously. You can't give thrombolytics to somebody that's bleeding into their head. Step four, you need to perform an NIHSS. 
a National Institutes of Health stroke scale. This is your neuro exam for stroke. This specific neuro exam is the language of stroke alerts. It is different than your normal neuro exam in that it has a very specific scoring system. When I call my consulting neurologist during a stroke alert, I don't say non-focal neuro exam or their right arm is kind of weak. I give them a specific NIHSS score and I tell them how it's scored and where the deficits were. And I gotta be honest, I've personally tried to memorize the NIHSS lots and lots of times. I can never remember it. I especially can't remember how to score it. And so I think this is one of those situations where it's totally reasonable to use some sort of app. This was actually the advice that one of my critical care nurse practitioners gave me. They said, you know, you don't look dumb with the app. You look dumb when you can't articulate a good NIHSS. So get a stroke scale app. They are free. There's a bunch and perform the exam on your patient perfectly. And finally, step five, you give TPA if they don't have contraindications. The big TPA trial was called the NINDS study, N-I-N-D-S. In this study, TPA adds a 6% chance of severe bleeding into the brain, which obviously is really, really bad. But the long-term benefits of TPA still outweighed the risks, with a caveat. The patient can have zero contraindications to TPA. Zero. And it's a big list. You don't have to memorize this. Just listen real quick. No head trauma or strokes within three months. No non-compressible arterial punctures within a week. No history of intracranial hemorrhage ever. No brain cancers, vascular malformations, or known aneurysms. No recent spinal surgery. No systolic blood pressure greater than 185 over 110. No internal bleeding. No thrombocytopenia. No coagulopathy. The stroke can't be too big. The stroke can't be too small. The stroke can't be more than four and a half hours old. There can be no seizures, no hypoglycemia, etc., etc., etc. It's a really big list. I look this list up every single time because it's critically important. TPA will kill somebody and destroy their life if you get it wrong. That's just how it goes. And I don't plan on ever making that mistake myself, so I look it up. And that's your approach. Last known well, finger stick blood glucose, CT head without contrast, do that NIHSS, and give TPA if they have zero contraindications. Now, we didn't really talk about this, But during the entire workup, we are micromanaging lots of minor things with the patient. A world-class stroke center excels at details. For example, they don't let the patient eat because they might get aspiration pneumonia and die. They don't let them walk because they might fall. They control their blood sugar. They control their oxygenation, their temperature. They keep the blood pressure nice and elevated to keep the brain perfused. It's the little details that make a big difference with stroke patients. It's just something to think about. That wraps up this episode. Send me an email, zach at emclerkship.com with any questions about today, about your clerkship, or about your upcoming application season. I'd love to get back to you. I'll be putting the list of TPA contraindications as well as that stroke scale in my show notes. So if you're on a shift, feel free to just look it up on the website if you get stuck. Otherwise, 
Until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.